Welcome to the Community Group Leadership Podcast, where we help community group leaders become better together. My name is Tyler Cherneski, and our goal in this podcast is to share with you some of the best practices, resources, and stories from across all our campuses regarding community groups. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing a topic that every community group leader battles every session, attendance. And I was supposed to be joined today by two of our pastors who lead community groups at their campuses, but think they were double booked. I got texted at the last minute, so they can't be here. Just kidding. Uh, I have with me today Paul Brandis from our Brookside campus and Andrew Campbell from our Shawnee Mission campus. Now, guys, in addition to being the community group pastors at your campuses, you also lead your own community group. So have you uh, you heard that excuse before? Absolutely. And Tyler, it's good uh, good to be here today. To answer your question, I it's hard to remember uh, a week or a session uh, when we didn't have someone who was double booked or we didn't get that last minute text message or the email that, that actually never comes, right? So you, you just <laughs> yeah. don't know uh, when people yeah. are going to be here. So absolutely, we have heard that excuse uh, before. Yeah. What about you, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Tyler, for having us. I couldn't agree more with Andrew. That's happened in uh, my own community group. And so from my experience leading uh, a community group of Brookside attendees with my wife, Ashley, we've experienced the the importance of this conversation. And in my discussions and work with the other community group leaders at Brookside, I'm convinced that that this is one of the biggest questions that we face week in and week out. How do we get our people to actually come? <laughs> mm, yep. Well, and I've got to be transparent here. As one who's a member rather than a leader of a community group, I'm really looking forward to what you have to say because maybe it'll convince me to come more frequently than once every other week. Right? So that's, uh, <laughs> I need a, a conversion in my own life. Uh, just kidding. Let's understand what That's we the goal, have. Tyler. Goal. Yes. Again, one life, one heart at a time. Hey, we're doing yeah. it. So um, I've heard that you've all made kind of a do's and don't list for our community group leaders when it comes to attendance. So we're going to be hearing today various do's and don'ts. Uh, would love to hear what some of those are. Yeah, we we have, and um, this is wet cement. Um, so we're hoping that you, as group leaders, can find a good idea or two, maybe three or four, if if we hit it well, and um, and take this and build upon it and contextualize it for your group. Um, but we'd start by saying, and this is probably across the board. There's a goodness to this, um, especially when we seek to be proactive. Right? That's that's a goal for us to be proactive. And in my own group, and then in encouraging group leaders, I would say the first do is to make a plan and then communicate that plan early and often. Mm. So each session that you're sitting down looking at the next eight weeks, what's coming up, how are we going to structure this, who's going to be here when, who's going to host, what are our topics, what are we going to cover, are we doing conversation starters? These are all the questions that that hit us as group leaders. It's And I know it's so easy to let it hang till the last minute. Um, fight the temptation to do that. If you have a co-leader, sit down with them, uh, craft a plan, and then communicate that plan early and often. Uh, I know in my own group, I felt the temptation to be democratic about that process. And that's a comes from a good place. I'm convinced you, you want to let others speak into it. Um, but how many times have we sent out those emails as group leaders saying, hey, does anybody have any ideas? Or does anybody want to take the ball and run with this? And it's just like you actually never sent that email yeah, yeah. <laughs> somehow. So I've yeah, found cricket, in my own cricket. experience, people want to be led. Hmm. Uh, they don't mind when the plan is set before them and do that open-handedly and invite feedback and, and say to your members, hey, make this better, but, but here's, what, here's what I and our, my co-leader, here's what we're thinking, um, and, and set that plan out and then communicate it early as you can so that people have time to plan and prepare around it. 
I, it reminds me of a conversation I had with a, a mentor who I was so reluctant to make decisions for folks, right? I thought, well, I just want to serve people well. I don't need to lead with a heavy hand, right? I just want to serve. And Mark said, sometimes you serve people well by making decisions mm-hmm. for them, uh, which was a huge line that stuck with me. But you're right. It really is a gift to others sometimes to make that plan, say what the expectations are clearly, and then let them uh, be able to respond to that well. So I, I appreciate that, Paul. That's great advice. Uh, Andrew, what about you? A, a do and a don't to share with us. Yeah, so I'll start with a don't. Okay. Is don't let expectations go uh, simply assumed. Or mm. um, I mean, I guess the positive way to say that is clearly communicate uh, or have a conversation at least at the very beginning of your group, uh, whether that's at a session or maybe you're starting a new group. Have a conversation about what is expected, particularly as we're talking about attendance. What what is expected for uh, people's engagement in the life of the group. And that's that's especially important for a newer group or for a group that's made up of folks who are newer to church. Um, that's a lot of people haven't been in in a small group setting before and they don't they don't have any idea what they should expect mm. for how often they come or what would, what's kind of hitting the mark on attendance. So have that conversation um, early on and and do what's appropriate for your group and your life stage and where you are uh, in terms of how often it, it makes sense for you to, I mean, we have young families and the expectation is often it's like, if your kids aren't sick, you should be here. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, but that's different for every group. Mm. So, so lay out the, those expectations and also communicate clearly why it's important to meet together, why it's important to attend the group. I mean, there, you know, you, we are doing life together oftentimes these are the ways that people feel connected into the church and if and if you're not meeting together regularly uh, people aren't going to feel like they're connected uh, to others and so that's important also communicate how um, set the expectations on how uh, you should tell your leader or uh, communicate when you're not going to be there or when you're going to cancel so leaders need to to make that uh, expectation clear up front, right? If we're going to cancel, sometimes there are last minute cancellations, but I'm going to let you know so you can make plans uh, for that night, right? Whatever it is, um, clearly, clearly communicate those expectations. Don't let them go un- just assumed because we all know that, uh, you know, nothing hurts quite like unmet expectations, right? So, so, Clearly communicating those expectations is actually a way to care for your folks. That's a lesson I need to remind myself so often. I feel like I'm saving myself pain if we don't have this awkward conversation up front, but what I'm actually doing is making more pain later when what I had internalized as an expectation is broken, and then it's like, man, how could they do this? And it's like, gosh, I never communicated that. That's Yep, I need that reminder always. Thanks, Andrew. Well, and I would add in to that, on the back end, evaluate how we all did in achieving Mm -hmm. those expectations. So um, do evaluative work at the end of each session. Ask the hard question of your group members. How did we serve you as leaders? Mm. Where could we be better? Um, Ashley and I have done that each session and not every session has someone spoken up, but more than once people have with good ideas. And I always do that in the context of the whole group, which is very awkward. And no one really steps forward at that moment, but I think that's healthy for a group. I think modeling that to say, hey, yep. if the hard things need to be spoken here, maybe we're not there yet, but I want to show that it's okay to do that. And I've gotten a couple of follow-up emails like, hey, thanks for sharing that. Here's an idea I had, and we're able to implement those things. They're not always about attendance, um, but that is a big focus for leaders and attendees. And so often when you're setting expectations there to, to step back and be able to evaluate at the end is really, really important. 
That's great, Paul. Well, what a, more do's and don'ts. I'm, I'm loving this. Yeah, Anything I've got else? a do and okay. a don't All right. that we can marry together here. Um, I found it really helpful in my own group and have tried to coach leaders this way to try to, so do evaluate the group's posture um, more than the attendance record. So the attendance record is really easy. Uh, you, you Hopefully you're filling out those forms each week as mm-hmm. group leaders, right, on My Christ Community. Um, but it's really simple to say, are they there or are they not there? And that's the attendance record. But the, the posture towards the group is a lot softer. You have to determine it really by asking some diagnostic questions. So uh, here are here's some diagnostic questions you can ask to evaluate um, your group's posture towards attendance and towards the group. So do they consistently communicate when they're going to miss? That's a pretty baseline action there. If I'm not going to be there, I'm going to respect the group and respect the leaders enough to tell them that. Um, do they do that consistently? When they're in the group, when they're communicating that they have to miss, does it seem that they want to be there? So when they do show up, are they engaged? Do they seem like they have fun, like they connect? When they tell you they're going to miss, are they sad about that? <laughs> is it is it just like, hey, I can't make it? Or is there real like, oh, we're so sorry to have to miss it. We have family in town or we've got you know, a work trip scheduled or whatever. Um, so how are they communicating in that uh, space and, and how are they uh, engaged when they are at group? Um, has their Sunday morning attendance grown at all? So hopefully that happens that as you come to community group more, you feel like you know more people at the church at a deeper level and you want to see them more than once. And so you come on Sunday morning. Are they sitting with people from the group in church? Are they engaged in conversation with them between uh, services after service? Um, and more diagnostic questions like this to sort of get at this real idea of, do they, does it seem like they want to be in the group? Mm. Um, and, you know, follow this uh, approach for just a, you know, some amount of time, right? If it's been two or three sessions and you've got people who are only showing up once or twice, maybe it's time to take a hard look at whether or not they're really committed. Um, but I think leaning towards posture rather um, than the official attendance record is a good is a good thing. Um, and then going along with this then, as you're doing that work, don't evaluate every person and couple the same way. So Andrew, you talked about this already, um, but what is this person's story? And what is their experience more specifically with, or maybe not at all, with small groups? And folks that have not done that before, I I really think that we should extend more grace towards them and and evaluate their involvement in a different sort of way, um, because not everyone has the same story. I've been in small groups. I mean, I kind of grew up as a church kid. I've been in small groups since I was five. And you were born during a community group. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) I was five or six years old in children's ministries doing small groups on Sundays, and I've just done this my whole life, but that's not everyone's story. And so we should evaluate um, them differently. And and, and, uh, yeah. That's so important, Paul, because it can be easy to forget that we're creating a culture in a community group and that that culture can be new to some folks. And so the fact that we've got to do our work as leaders of forming that culture intentionally, communicating what it needs to be like, that's, that's critical work. Um, and that we should recognize that it, it can be newer to some folks or more familiar to others. That's yeah. that's big. Absolutely. One final do for me, and it is actually dovetails really well with what Paul's just said, is extend as much grace as possible in your group. I mean, that when you talk about setting a culture in a group, um, yeah. you really want that culture of grace. And that's different than just being flexible and being nimble as a group leader. But I mean, really, when people can't make it and maybe they have a terrible excuse or they don't communicate, mm-hmm. um, be gracious with those folks. And I know it's hard. There, there will be 
group meetings when uh, it is you and one or two other people and that email, <laughs> nobody told you yeah. and you've got all these snacks. No. And I mean, it's, you know, you understand, you know, that feeling of frustration. Hey, you just eat the French dip alone at night, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't speak to that, but okay. no. <laughs> no, you, I mean, it, yeah, it is, it's frustrating and you do want to, uh, you, you know, you, our instinct is to not be gracious to people, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, Right, we are we are folks who ought to be gracious because we have been extended grace in Christ. So, um, so model that. I mean, especially as a leader, but also um, that that's just an important culture to set. Um, and it's it's going to be tough, but but do that, especially and uh, you know when you do have also just have one or two people show up. Um, that can be frustrating, uh, especially they didn't communicate. Others didn't communicate, but there's also an opportunity there to really um, invest a little more deeply, connect more deeply with the people who do show up. So it's just a gracious, again, this posture language is helpful. It's a gracious posture towards everyone in your group um, and really trying to uh, fight against that frustration that will come with attendance. That's so right. Yeah, instead of being frustrated with who didn't come, be so grateful for who has gathered. That's, man, that's key to remember. Well, guys, thank you so much for this list of do's and don'ts. This is so helpful in rethinking what attendance can mean. I mean, the big sense I've got from this time is that we're as proactive as we can be ahead of time. And then we're as gracious we can be when stuff happens. Because again, it's real live people that we're interacting with in a community group. It's uh, stuff happens and things arise. And so to be do all the best practices we can in planning and communicating, and then to just kind of trust God with who does show up and with who's not showing yep. up and how we can love them best. Those are yeah, just key things to remember going forward. So man, thank you for reframing that thinking for me even today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, and thank you all for listening. Uh, we hope that you join us again as we continue diving into these uh, types of issues on our Community Group Leadership Podcast. See you next time.